You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is To Stir with Love, Tales from Prison, with Rabitzel Kolakowski, who is the head of chaplaincy and everything that's connected to religious affairs in the uh, Waymark prison in Pennsylvania. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchok, uh, both of us, uh, as people who know a lot about Chassidus and Solid, know that Lag is a day to celebrate in so many ways the Hisgalus, the Oiris, the fact that, that Sisre Teira was let loose in the world and entrenched in the world and the Gilliam. But we know that that, that the Mkubolam understood has always had a physical sort of his gashmus, even by the Hamleinam, who, who took Lag Ba'imer as a day to celebrate their bodies in a way, which really, I would say, Rabbi Yitzhak, I don't know if you would agree, is really the, the, the Rashbi and Chochmas Asoid is Mala the Guf. It, it, it shows that the Guf itself is, is a Kedusha Mamish, not like the Rambam, who felt that the Guf has no role in, in, in Olam Haba and Olam Ames. It's only through Chochmas Asoid, the, the ideas that are in Zoyer and Rav Shem that we're able to really see how the body is an integral part of what the Rav plan is itself full of Nitzaitis of Kedushin, itself as a vehicle of Kedusha. And I think that's the reason why Lag Ba'imer became a day, even for people that were far away from Rashbi's mentality, a day of running around and just... Recognizing the simcha of, of of your body, not in a way that it goes against God, and that's why I think when I was growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, Lag Boimer was a day to play baseball. It was a day to go out, and and we didn't do bows and arrows because I think that was dangerous. But there was a time, and you talked about it last week. There's a reason why it had, it had a, a a a history of running around and shooting bows and arrows and and frolicking, and 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 sort of set in celebration of, and not necessarily in a bacchanalian way. And I think that that was uh, pretty common in many yeshivas and schools to play ball, to go out there. I don't know what you did in Ezra Academy or where you were in high school. Uh, if they did, you do a celebration on Log Boimer like that? We, 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 yeah, we went and played taco. We played baseball, and Rabbi Weinberger would hit home runs uh, <laughs> while while everybody else, uh, <laughs> we, they, 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 all the all the other boys were immigrants. I was the only American, one of the few Americans, and I was not never athletic. And the Rabbi Weinberger is really uh, quite a baseball man. And uh, I was actually talking about that today with uh, one other chaplains. I mentioned how my father was a uh, was a big Mets fan, and he was very loyal to all of his teams, the Mets and the Jets and the Knicks. I was talking to the deacon at work about about that, and uh, how I mentioned to Rabbi Weinberger. I, I said, I guess I guess I'm a Mets fan, and then. Rabbi Weinberg said, Rabbi Yitzhak Zev, I used to have so much respect for you. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was so offended that, that I could be a Mets fan. I said, you're from Queens. You're a, you're a traitor to your own, uh, to your own borough. <laughs> well, I, I think, again, you know, the Mets had that, those, a couple of glorious, incredible seasons, as we know. But no, there, there's, again, it's almost a proof you know, Haraya Ladover, the Giants and the Dodgers got out of town. You know what I'm saying? It's a Yankee city. 
you know, as much as anything. But I guess, but the point is, Yitzchok, even here in, 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 the, in the strongest part of religious North America, Lag Boimer is somewhat sometimes synonymous with sports. So I felt this would be a good time not to talk to you about bonfires, but to talk to you about sports and physical activity, the way it occurs for the art, the incarcerated population. I mean, you 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 would think that with with so much, you know, forced time that and and from what we know from movies and and what we've seen on television, it would seem that the athletic uh, outlet is a very crucial one. In prison, and I want you to talk a little bit about that. We know COVID changed things, but talk a little bit about the different types of exercise, and let's 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 divide it into three, if you don't mind. Let's talk a about um, just general physical exercise. Um, B, a type of exercise like bodybuilding and things that they could actually. Um, you know, strengthen the prisoners like in ways that they weren't not just being outside in terms of it's not healthy to be inside, actually turn sculpting them into like you know into uh, into physical specimens, sort of like Hercules meets the Three Stooges, which I, a movie I'm sure you've seen. I'm sure you've I, seen. I, I, I've seen. I've seen the, uh, <laughs> the outfits from that at the Stoogeum in, in Ambler, Pennsylvania. I saw the. Uh, okay, the it was one of my favorite Stooge. Again, most of these Stooge movies were terrible, but you know there was a whole series of films about Hercules and the sons of Hercules. It, yeah. it was. They, I think they were made in Italy. I don't know, but or Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I no, think they, they were Italian. Yeah, they were in Italy, and they were all dubbed. And, and and I think they had all these different um, muscle men, all these bodybuilders. Steve uh, Reeves. Right, uh, right. and, and loincloths that were the various yeah. sons of Hercules. So anyway, in that era, the Stooges, and they were already, you know, already way past their prime. They made a movie called um, Hercules, Three Stooges, Stooges meet Hercules. Hercules. Right? And basically what happens there is that the one that they meet they do meet Hercules, but then they meet a regular Schmendrick, like just a regular weakling guy. And he gets on a slave galley ship with them. And as he's in the slave galley ship, as he's being whipped and beaten, he gets, do you remember this? He keeps on um, uh, strengthening his, his legs and his hands till he is a match for Hercules himself. And, yeah. you know, and sort of that stuck it. I must have seen that when I was about eight years old on some late night movie. and. It stuck with me, the idea that you can actually be imprisoned and turn yourself into something. That's the second thing. And the third thing, I guess this is a little bit a movie reference from The Longest Yard, where you have, you know, Burt Reynolds has a leads a group of prisoners in a game that uh, against the guards or the uh, correction officers, as you always say on this program. So speak about uh, general exercise, specific bodybuilding exercises, and third, competitive sports exercises in prison. I gave you a lot to talk about, so go ahead, Yitzhak. Well, right now, uh, it, it's not really anything that I'm involved with. We have a we have a, an activities department, and that's their department. Even to the point where, maybe we'll get to this later. We, we, there was actually a ministry, a Christian ministry, that came into the prison. I think they go to a lot of different prisons. And use baseball as a ministry. I don't. I don't know exactly how that works, but I, I, it's you know it's a little bit different than than what we would uh, understand. But it's uh, it, it 
it it should have been something I guess that the chaplaincy department would have taken care of, but we we left it to the activities department to take okay. care of that. Okay. So, so in other words, you don't really. I'm sure the activities that you work together with them, right? You do have sure, some, sure, yeah. And you know what they do, so so right. So so so, but and, and clearly, let's say I'll feed you the lines. Let's say you know a prisoner says, and let's say pre-COVID, uh, I, you know, chaplain, I need to get out more. Uh, I, I need to be able to take walks. I need to be able to. I think they, they, I need time to walk around. I'm not escaping, but I need time to be outside. Will that? type of thing be honored is that the type of thing that generally there, there's is there a certain amount of time every day that waymark allows for that can a prisoner petition for more time just to be able to walk around the grounds i don't know about more time but as far as just being given regular uh, regular time that we call yard time that's that's a, a standard part of the day and it's actually been for whatever i i don't understand exactly why it doesn't make much sense but it has been eliminated during COVID, that there is no yard, which I it doesn't make any sense to me. You would think that you know that this is what we need right now is more exercise, more fresh air, to stay away from the from the disease, and yet. Okay, uh, let's talk pre-COVID. How much time? What's in a, like in Waymart or in other prisons that you're familiar with? How many how many hours a day is dedicated to yard time? Ooh, I, I don't know how many hours it is exactly, but it's it's quite a lot it's it's a few hours a day that one could be eligible for yard if they choose and most people take it up but there are some guys who for whatever reason don't want to go out to yard you know there are all kinds of problems that could happen in the yard um there's no running is there a running track for example in waymark yeah sure yeah so yard doesn't mean like, you know, like I have this image from the 30s prison films, like it's just a little square and everybody's in the sun is, uh, is, is, is striking hot everywhere down and there's a little bit of shade in the corner. Yard is actually a, a landscaped area, right? It's not, there's, there's trees there and grasses. It's not a... It's, it's not it's, trees. It's, it's wide open and it, and it is, you know, it is open to the sun and it is a hot place, but it's big. It's very big. Uh-huh. So there isn't that much shade, is what you're saying. No, no. And the reason is they don't want sneaking around or hiding in the trees. Is that what? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of things can go on when they're hiding. It's not just um, uh-huh. it's not just the standard things that you would think of. It's uh, other problems that could go on. Uh-huh. But uh, Maven Yeldon, yeah. So, but a person would be able to, and there is a track. Okay, and and yeah, and, there, and there's and there's. Uh, basketball courts and and uh i think even a baseball diamond if i don't re- if i recall properly and also um so let's, get, like, let's go to know, number three so and- so so our before covid was i'm, I'm gonna skip bodybuilding for a second because that might be its own uh yeah. little area let's talk about competitive sports um were our prisoners um encouraged or at least is, is it is it condoned to play pickup basketball games and, and things like that they, they have leagues and they have teams and it's encouraged for them to be part of the teams they feel that the team building is a positive thing for the inmates to be involved in it teaches them a lot of lessons about how to how to interact with people teamwork uh, a good uh-huh. sportsmanship 
So who's who are the coaches of those of those the, teams? The activities department handles that. So just just like we have chaplains, you have activity specialists, and that's a job within the prison. You know, I, I, I would assume, considering you know, some of these people might be, you know, they're adults and they might have actually been pretty good players. They probably bring in, you know, real world—well, not world class, but but real referees too, right? To to ref these games. I, I never really watched the games. I'm not really that uh, that knowledgeable about. But I know that they they have teams. You're such a nerd. <laughs> I really so, am. You I are really the am. you're the nerdiest Swedish Rebbe that I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the nerdiest chassid of that is a chaplain living yeah. in upstate that I know. I I, uh, I, I, I don't I don't know if the uh, the Jikavareva, who's also a, cha- a prison chaplain, if he has. Uh, if he if he has much knowledge what goes on and but, and the, but I would assume that it, look we all know that you take competition seriously you need to have a uh, you know a non prejudicial uh, referee you need someone who's yeah. a who, who, right otherwise the games are all going to get into the, into Scott there's always going to fight right and every game needs a ref you know that don't you I assume so yeah <laughs> you assume so. <laughs> I'm so I'm so I'm so aloof from that from that part. Okay, well maybe this podcast will help you in your in your. Uh, I, I, I probably the other chaplains would know better than me. Okay, but but I but let's but they but in other words, competitive sports, despite the fact that you know it could get pretty it could get pretty uh, you know hot and, and heavy, you you get really into it, and it could lead. We know competitive sports, you know, tempers flare. So you're right. You know, on one hand, you know, you can mouth all you want about, you know, and I think it's a good mouthing about team building and about lack of selfishness. But there's also the anger and frustration that can happen when you lose a game. Um, and I'm sure, you know, they don't have much money to bet on, but betting could also happen, right? Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a big problem. All kinds of betting goes on in prisons. And it really, it's a danger to a lot of guys, because if they get they get in trouble, particularly some guys who are mentally ill or, or unstable. They can be taken advantage of with with gambling, and it's it, and and then they owe. And if they owe something, the payment might be uh, again things we don't want to talk about. I'll say sexual favors or things yeah, like that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. What about um, so you know you say basketball goes on. You you don't know if there's football games, right? You're not sure. You don't you don't think there's a football league? I know there's I know there's baseball and basketball. I don't know about a football. Might be too high contact as far as that goes, possibly. In terms of that. now, the, to the, you know, you know, again, I, I mentioned the Burt Reynolds film, uh, The Longest Yard, and I, 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 whether you've seen it or not, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the right. COs, uh, the, the guards versus the the inmates, um, and um, have you ever heard of that happening? I mean, it would seem that would be a great place to, you know, that some of this uh, aggression and 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 at nor- normal tension could play out. Do you know if that does that occur in Waymart? Are you familiar with that? Do they ever have? Not, not as far as I know, and I think it would be too. Even though, for the most part, you know, it's a pretty amiable place, and it's not, you know, there's not that much tension as as there would be in some of the other prisons, but it. I'm not aware of that happening. I did, like I said, there was the one, uh, the Saints baseball ministry that that it was. They brought in people from the outside who 
combine playing a baseball game with with some bible preaching but that's uh, well george that's, will did a similar thing i think when he um George Will and Ken Burns, I think, together created this documentary about baseball and elevated it to a uh, almost a mythic type of, uh, type of glorious symbolic going home and things like that. So there is a certain amount. Again, Rabbi Rakefet, who you might have heard of, uh, has, has given a number of lectures about baseball players and 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 many jews find an affinity of some spiritual affinity in baseball again i i don't come from a baseball town you know although we were actually a farm team for the mets for a while in memphis for a while and the cardinals but um you know there's almost a, a michigas in some communities like in chicago for baseball how holy it is um you know, and I, you know, it's a, uh, and it, it's it, it's interesting that people can do that for for sports like that. Um, and I guess there's no no wrestling, right? There's no wrestling uh, uh, things. Um, no, I don't think so. You know, they do train us with with the uh, the kind of the self defense training that's that you know that we have to go through. That's kind of like wrestling, but it's not the. Uh, but they probably teach yoga, right? They could probably teach yoga. I mean, that's that's, well, that's, that's actually part of the chaplaincy program. Is that I we see. have? So even though have, even even though the body is moving in various ways, but it's more part of an Eastern religion as opposed to uh, martial arts, right? Exactly. I mean, we have we you know we have uh, a Buddhist teacher who comes in and teaches. Uh, I mean, now because of COVID, it's all been it's all been suspended but that was our uh our volunteer of the year uh last year before well two years ago before covid was our yogi and he would he would have yoga kind of at the end of his program and he was quite a, a talented yogi a young man um who was knowledgeable of hinduism and buddhism um and and a practitioner i guess uh you know was you know a regular american guy but he uh, uh he under yeah. he, he understood the spiritual like the chakras and everything else that's yeah and, and that's he's, part of he's the... studying to become ordained as a type of a buddhist lay minister i believe well there are and, you know rabbi avinair and others have written shuvas about you know whether yoga can be incorporated into a, a jewish uh, system or not i'm i'm wondering in prison though you know you know it's interesting obviously yoga has a i mean it, it, was, it was it was a sangha learning and then you know and then followed by a little bit of yoga or meditation or other things at the end of the so it, it's it's, the it's not like the soccer moms going to yoga and no um, more of a it was a religious devotion but it was but most of the types of guys who were going there were not traditional buddhists or hindus we had like maybe like one real indian hindu guy and then the rest of them were either Christians or, or even some Muslims, which I was kind of surprised. You know, the one Muslim guy, I was kind of scared that, like, is he going to interrupt? Is he going to say it's all shirk to uh, participate in this? But I guess he wasn't that devout of a Muslim, but he was just interested in something different. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an actual Arab, not one of our, not one of our black uh, Muslims. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 Salaf, remember you, Salafi, we talked about them, the Salafim, yeah. right? We talked about the Salafim. Yeah, yeah um, he wasn't. He wasn't from that group. He was. He was a guy from Egypt. You know. So, so but you would say classes in judo or self defense that probably would not go over mm -hmm. in a prison. No, 
and I'm surprised uh, as far as I know, although I'm surprised how much uh, you did you did ask about lifting weights, and that's really very popular in the prison is is weightlifting, and I just I don't understand why you why you would give them that <laughs> that. So there's uh, a there is a weight room. There's a special room that has weights that the prisoners yeah. can and they sign up for it. Yeah, and that's that's uh, actually. Uh, a bit of a, a, a conflict with because it's the same time as the Catholic Church, and a lot of the guys prefer to go to weights rather than going to church. And it's uh, they only get to use the weight room once a week, or uh, actually twice a week. Twice you know, a they, week. but but they they still will pick the Saturday when when they could go to church when they could have mass, and they and it's it's a it's a conflict, and it's also something you know that the chaplain finds the. Uh, our Catholic deacon, he's, you know, kind of, uh, he, he doesn't see any reason to try to accommodate them and switch the times. He wants them to know, you know, if you got to have your priorities and if this is your priority, um, he's not very happy with it, but it's, uh, he recognizes that that's the competition. What do you think he, is, I, I guess part of it is pushing it is look, I'm here in prison, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of like fat and flabby, maybe by, you know, by, by lifting weights, by running in place, I can maybe at least use these four or five years and I'm stuck here to to turn my body into something I'm more proud of. Do you think there's something wrong with that? Oh, not necessarily. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in and of itself and with most of the inmates, but just to give them the capability of, of being more... Uh, more violent or something it's it's a scary thing i i um well you I, know the, are you saying that they might use the weight equipment or you might saying now that they've become like the son of hercules like in the in, like in the stooge movie now they they yeah. the, now they might be able to uh go toe-to-toe with one of the stronger guards is that what you're worried yeah. about yeah that's that's what i'm worried about because we you know we want to keep it, we want to keep them nice and fat and flabby so they won't be able to be yeah i uh, <laughs> That to me sounds again. I'm listen. I, I thank God I'm not there, and I don't have the yeah. decisions you have to make. But you would think part of you know. Well, it's not my decision. It's, it's and you know. I, I think I understand it, and I think it's you know. Look, they, obviously the guards, the COs are are armed, and um, you know, despite this guy turning himself into uh, you know an Adonis, a muscular Adonis, he's still you know, um, you know as uh, he's still not going to be able to outdo uh, a weapon. So you're right. He might be more formidable in a fight because of his lifting of weights. He might have more stamina. Um, But, you know, getting a muscular physique doesn't necessarily make you a better fighter, does it? Oh, so true. Right. Yeah. You know, my nephew was a world-class bodybuilder. He was Marius Rowe, my, my brother's son. Um, and he, he was featured in the forward and some other in the Chabad magazine as well as, uh, as like one of the few from, uh, you know, Mitzvahs who was in this area. And now, now there's a couple, there's quite a few, but he was, he was a, um, a trailblazer in this. And, um, he talked about how keeping kashras and other things helped him stay on a, on the diet that turned him into this, you know, you know, uh, incredible piece of musculature musculature right. so how, how daniel and and the you know and safer daniel began yeah well that was a mess <laughs> that because i'll say was miraculous but there is a way to just have the discipline 
You know, in other words, the discipline of being from is similar discipline is involved in losing weight and being on a diet, on building yourself and restricting yourself. And, and, and it, it could, it could, it, I can tell you from my nephew, it did a lot for his self image, uh, for his, um, uh, and for his sense of self is, uh, and I would assume prisoners need that. So um, I, I, Yitzchok, you know, in your nerdy uh, godless, you don't understand it, but I think there is something why it should be allowed. Maybe even more stuff should be allowed. Uh, well, one, one thing, the, the, the activity department, their motto is, you know, we're, we're keeping them busy so they don't keep you busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely true. I think a person is more content you know, we all know in brain science, the endorphins that are released during exercise, those are the same endorphins that, that you get from any pleasurable activity. And yeah. when the brain, when endorphins are released, you feel a great sense of calm. And that's what you want in a prison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. The more exercise and the more involvement in that, the better. And, you know, and, and again, I think uh, you just have to you know, marshal that in a way oh. and I, I definitely I definitely see it's mostly positive. I just I'm just every now and then I'm afraid, you know, well, who are we producing the one the one bad guy that's really gonna be dangerous? Yeah, most well, guys, those most guys, guys are those, not but it's as you know, it's, the, it's the brain, not the body that's dangerous. Yeah. The the devious mind, even in a you know, a fat, flabby shell, you know, as was seen in uh, Jurassic Park. I think it was, um, was it uh, Wayne Knight who plays the villain in Jurassic Nedry, Park? Yeah. What? The character's right. name was Nedry. Nedry, yeah. right. And Wayne Knight plays that character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's nearsighted. He, he's fat. He's right. And, and right, so, but he can, he's capable of, of, you know, he's the one that, you know, helps unleash uh, the terror. So it, it's definitely possible. Again, you know, you don't have to, just because you look like someone scary in terms of doesn't mean that you are. It's all mostly yeah. in your mind, and I think that's really where it goes from there. But we've had we've had not in in Waymart, but in other prisons, there's been there you know there, bad things have happened. There, just before I got before I took the job there, there was a CO in another prison who was killed, and they by one of the prisoners. Well, that's to be expected, but not yeah. Yeah, it's very rare. The question though. is, you know, you know, you would have to look into the. I'm, I'm sure. So Yitzchok, uh, this was what we've been talking about is really hopefully the future, the past, and hopefully soon the future. But during this lockdown, where you know every, there was a tremendous fear of COVID spreading in the prison population, uh, these outdoor activities have been banned. And what have they been replaced by? It it, it seems counterintuitive because again, like we said, you would think. We want every everyone to be healthy. We want everyone to get fresh air, and 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 yet they actually have replaced it with video games. Hmm. And so, I'm I'm a video game fan, but I I'm I'm an old video game fan, just like I'm an old movie fan. I see. Pac-Man. So I so I uh, I really I I can't Pong. really relate. You like you, I, you like Pong? Well, Pac-Man. not maybe not that old, or like you know Super Mario and uh, okay. <laughs> those games but the uh i i walk in while they're playing uh they've first of all there have been fights over who gets to sign up to play the xbox or the playstation whatever they have there and you know the but the other thing is is that uh 
I walked in there. I never seen anything like this. I thought they were actually watching a a, ba- a basketball game. I didn't realize it's a video they, game. How how much the video games have have uh, the graphics have have improved since since my eight bit childhood. So if, uh, yes, I and I think there was this. Um, I took my kids to see this film about it. Oh, I, actually, I was um, we saw it on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, um, Wreck It Ralph. Uh huh. Is all about uh, is, is all about the uh, uh, the various how the video games have developed. It's really I, I'm I'm actually too old to have played video games when I was a child, but I I definitely yeah. got it from my son. Who and my son, of course, is, is your age. So I you know I, I I I gave him video games to play, or at least we rented video games for him to play. So I imagine you know many of the inmates grew up on this, and um, so are, are they wearing virtual um, visors? and doing that sort of video stuff or it's all that, that's something else we actually have that for inmates who who have been they have virtual reality for inmates this is a little bit outside the box of what we're talking about but they have virtual reality for inmates who are juvenile lifers meaning they they were sentenced to life as uh, as very young and they um and they they're stuck in the prison, and now the I believe the Supreme Court said that that was unconstitutional, that it was cruel and unusual punishment to to sentence someone so young to a life sentence. <clears throat> and so the reaction to that was, now we're going to let these guys out, but they're they've been in prison for forty years now. Uh, you know, they came in maybe when they were teenagers, and now they're now they're grown up, and they don't know what the world looks like. So, they actually gave them virtual reality helmets to see what does a supermarket look like in 2021. What does a wow. what does a, a bank look like? How things have changed since they've been in prison. But that's not a game. That's to actually educate them about the world. As far as the games, they're just a regular the xbox and uh or or the playstation or whatever's popular right now and and like i said i saw it on the television when i was in there and i thought it was <coughs> i really thought it was an actual uh, basketball game i didn't understand that now, now we know a lot of these games even you know that a lot of these games can these video games can be violent too i mean part of it is shooting people up and you know assassin's yeah. creed is a very famous one and you have to you know you're you you're 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 the assassin and you're making your way through is is there somebody checking the the um propriety of these games that the games shouldn't be too violent or too stirring they should be more like sonic the hedgehog or you know get your build your sim city or build your your fantasy world as opposed to, or make the hoops as opposed to kill these guys you know because yeah that again that's the, the activities department that's their job is to is monitor, to monitor these, the, the, these video games and uh, i believe the more most popular ones are the sports games that's that's what where they, where they're actually virtual sports games it's look it sounds although you're not saying this i think you're hinting at it that even once covid is over it's possible we've created we've 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 turned these inmates into great addicts for the virtual game right um yeah i I believe so and and it just it's shocking to me because like i my i i give my kids the old games that i played and i was like you know why are they spending so much money taxpayer money 
on expensive video games when when you can get the no, old they, ones. They, they could go to all the garage sales and pick them up for five cents and yeah, bring yeah. them to Waymart. You know, but yeah. that's 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 the way things are. That's you know, they they can't have a kosher diet. You know, that's that's more than peanut butter, but they can have an Xbox or a or the top of the line video game. Yeah, um, and uh, and again, you know, I I, I guess studies will show if you know does what what does addiction video addiction do you know um clearly um you know we talk about nerds and you you know who who are stuck in front of their computer and you know playing dungeons and dragons or whatever it is you know that was known as a nerdy thing um you know how well adjusted do they become in life and is that what you want the prisoners to, to be involved in i think that's something you know, it's a thought. Obviously, you know, well, one, one thing that they have discussed even before COVID was that they offered inmates the possibility to buy their own tablets and, and buy games to play that were more, you know, the simple type of games, not the expensive games, but still that the it was helping security in general to have the inmates be occupied, you know, just get sure. the, get something to do. So it was it was seen as something very positive to offer them. Sort of like the principal wants everybody quiet. He doesn't care what the kids are learning. He just wants to make sure that the, the kids are not uh, ripping down the uh, the drop ceiling and destroying everything in the classroom. Just keep them busy. But yeah. we don't know exactly what effect that's going to have. Yitzchak, you know, I don't want to open up uh, Pandora's box here, but, you know, we, we do have a minig, uh, minig that, that we have developed here of uh, referencing films that are connected in some way to our, the ma- our main discussion. Obviously, sports, recreation, uh, you name it. There's been movies since the silent era uh, celebrating boxers and baseball players and football players. So it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel to come up with the films that are connected uh, to sports. Or uh, And we've already mentioned just in our own schmoozerai a number of uh, of things. But what what springs to mind to you as we as we wind down our program for tonight? I don't know. I think I mentioned it recently. A movie, but I I didn't mention the name of the movie. It's called Speedy, which was uh, it was Harold Lloyd's last silent film that was released, and he plays a taxi driver, and his girlfriend is a her her father runs a, a horse run carriage in New York City, the last one in the city last line and uh but he's a taxi driver and he uh, gives a ride to babe ruth who plays himself in the movie and that was uh, you know quite interesting lou gehrig appears in the movie stan musial appears in the movie but babe ruth has a a, a, a you know more than just a cameo like uh, lou gehrig sticks out his tongue at the at the camera and he's only on for three seconds but but uh, and Sam Musial's just there with uh, it's just news newsreel footage. But but Babe Ruth is just uh, having an interesting time uh, as as the uh, 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 you know riding as the passenger. In you know, uh, I, I think what what you're saying is significant because it's possible a lot of these mugs that that played professional ball, including Babe Ruth, who knows what they would have been had there not been these leagues. I mean, these guys were not pampered. Um, uh, you know, pampered school kids that went to prep schools and were coached by their fathers and sp- spent mil- you know you know close to millions of dollars turning them into these athletic uh, specimens that were then drafted for a lot of money. As we know, uh, these were kids from the roughs you know the rough side of the tracks, and kids like Babe Ruth 
You know, they were yeah, able he was to find it, he was, yeah. They were able to find in baseball uh, an outlet. And of course, you know, part of Babe's part of the Bambino's problem was that he he didn't know how to control his his desires and things, and he did everything, you know, at, at full full breakneck speed, you know. And um, you know, so, but you're right. Who knows? Had it not been baseball, Babe Ruth might have been, you know, might have been an inmate himself. Um, anything else, Yitzchok? Uh, one movie, just another, just a, not really prison, but like a a movie that I remember as a child watching many, many times about baseball was uh, League of Their Own about the women's baseball league yes um, i think it was uh was it uh, was it drew barrymore and uh gina davis i think or uh, uh I, yeah gina davis madonna oh madonna uh, not madonna was in it yes, yes. and uh rosie o'donnell rosie o'donnell and, and this was a this this was this was a movie that when the men went to like the men went to war, so they formed their own baseball league. And somehow Tom Hanks is, is their coach, right? Or something. Yeah. Because he, he was a four F he couldn't get into the, into the service. So that was his, uh... well, this was a sort of a proto feminist film, but also a good sports film. Of course, uh, yeah. you'd recommend it for our, our female listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yes. For our, 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 they should revert their well, eyes. I, yeah, it's a long time since I saw it. I, <laughs> I know the die is that is that Machbed of Schmidt Sanayim the rest of the That I don't know, but I, I you have to listen to before. listen to our podcast episode this week of the Harusa. Yeah. You'll hear about that. But okay, so League of Their Own is definitely a film that I think uh, you know is, is able, you know, again, as a film analyst, you know, you're more look, I would say that we both know films, but I think I try to approach it from somewhat of a um of a professorial perspective i might be wrong but i think our listeners know that i would say that film although i don't remember it uh and i didn't see it many times but i think it was able to do what many sports films are able to do which is able to to um make you root for the underdog get you involved um you know there's a certain tropes there's certain um uh, you know typical things that happen you know the ragtag team comes together and you know, they have a little bit of, first they're all terrible and a little bit of success, and then they seem to fall and then they're able to overcome it. And through overcoming it, each person, you know, be, grows and is able to, uh, and you, you become invested. And then you become invested in their, in the game. And then, of course, the director can go on cruise control because then the director is able to get you involved in the game. And then you, you're just like any person watching a sports game that any sort of competitive sports that you are invested in it and the director has done his job by the writer and director and the actors have done their job by making you care about these people and therefore you're you know you're rooting for them to win although you know it's all manufactured so i I think league of their own is able to do that plus to send a certain message about women's empowerment so uh, i get it yeah. Good. It's and, a, it's a, it's a and then there was the, the episode of Simpsons where they made the, they got the the ringers for the uh yes, for the okay. softball. That's game. that that's where where I think what is the city they're that they're playing against? Um the, the other town, what is it the next town? Shelbyville. Shelbyville, Shelbyville, right. Right. In order to play against Shelbyville, Burns it gets all these uh, uh and, and, and I think it was notable that the actual uh the actual players actually voice themselves and yeah. um, and <laughs> i think daryl strawberry uh, i know had a very large uh, role there and so did some yeah. of the other some of the other great uh, players of that of that late 80s era right i think they're um yeah. 
and um, somehow Homer gets into the game. I think at the end somehow. I think yeah, so. he had a special bat, and he was a. a, a it was, uh, and and he he gets hit by the by the ball, and that's how they win. I, right. <laughs> I, yeah, he gets. In other words, they win because he right instead of hitting the ball, the the pitch hits him in the head. And, yeah. Um, so, again, it's just goes to show you that you can actually um, you're able to do that. Look, I don't. You know, I I would say at this point, like I said, it's 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 fish in the barrel. But um, if you have some time on your hand, I think uh, what might be interesting is not even a movie, a, a, a fiction movie. There's so many documentaries about um, uh, about great sports events, uh, whether it was uh, you know the, the shot heard around the world, um, you know, about the, uh, the the pitcher and the batter. I think was you know um, a great documentary was made about that when the Giants the Giants won the pennant there, um, how that game worked out. But I would say what uh, was coming to mind to me is uh, the Last Dance, which was the HBO Netflix extravaganza, which um, basically documented the bulls the uh rain uh, i know your daughter was mentioning space jam space jam is actually included as described in that documentary the the michael jordan era of the chicago bulls and it's really it, the framing device is the last dance the last uh their last that season that they won the you know michael uh took that last shot in uh in utah and um it's really the story of how Michael Jordan came to the Bulls and changed uh, the whole team and the dynamic around them. Um, wonderful clips, uh, very revealing um, interviews of of Michael and Scottie Pippen, and even you know if, if for Dennis Rodman, some of the other role players. Um, again, it's a way to many people felt it got them through a lot of the worst months of COVID was to like sort of relive some of these uh, these great uh, dynamic basketball games and um, and to know what went into it and I think that you know uh, you know I, I I've learned with a lot of uh, very big Talmud Chachamim and uh, many of them have had a terrible disdain for sports and knowledge about sports um, and I'm not the biggest sports trivia person but I have never uh, had that type of negative view. Um, and I think that there is, um, obviously, you know, you want to know about, it isn't just ugly Narishkeit, uh, it isn't just Maise Yovon, uh, there is something, uh, there's a grandeur and a greatness, there's something about the drama, um, there's something, especially, you know, you know in a basket, you know, uh, there's a, a grace and beauty, uh, that basketball players have, um, there is a, you know, it was it was really created by I think you know John Naismith, but there were many Jews, as you know, that were involved in the very early uh, days of basketball. Um, the, the the owner of the Harlem Globetrotters, of course, was Jewish, and many of the the coaches of the original NBA were Jewish. It was it was actually a game that was played inside, because you know basketball was hey what what can we do uh, in between the seasons during the snowy time, uh, where you can't it's too snowy to play football, you can't play baseball yet. So this was really a game that was meant for the indoors. That's why basketball took off. It, it, and, and therefore, it, 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 the inner cities that didn't have fields, that didn't have such open spaces, were able to develop basketball courts. And that's the reason why so many great players came from, from, from the inner cities. I would say as much as you know, football has saved many people, 
I would say a lot of many more potential criminals were saved by their prowess on the basketball court. Uh, the midnight games that have been played uh, by many youth league directors have taken kids from the inner city and, and, and they've been able to turn and, and the stories are, are legion. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not making them spinning them out of cloth. So I think basketball is, is, is a, uh, a game that has resonance uh, especially, you know, in the, in, 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 as far as the urban inner city, it's a, a pl- I think it's a game that has um, made less criminals <laughs> through its uh, people involvement in it. Um, and, um, you know, it, there's no better way to celebrate the greatness of basketball than to see the last dance where you see it being played by probably, you know, the, the greatest basketball player who ever lived, Michael Jordan, just in terms of competition, his competitiveness, his skill. We, we, we were talking, the Deacon and I were talking about Michael Jordan today and how really uh, Will Chamberlain was, 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 you know, accomplished more than him. And... Okay, but, you know, Wilt, Wilt had physical gifts that hardly anyone had at his time. You know, um, you know he was so much taller uh, than the other yeah. players. And, um, you, know, I, you know, Wilt was definitely, and I saw Wilt play, so I don't, you never did. But I no. saw Wilt play. I saw him. I did not see him in his glory days, '63 and '64. I didn't, you know, like when he scored 100 points. But you know, Michael played against people like, you know, played like against people like Michael. He played against Magic. He played against Bird. He played against these incredibly gifted players. Um, and um, you, know, you know, Chamberlain was, especially in his youth, an incredible uh, player. By the way, there was a. Uh, a, doc, a docudrama based on Chamberlain's life called, I think it was called the Jayhawks. And uh, it was a film that was put together, I think in the last year or two. And it's a good, it's a good one to remember as well. You can, it, it's about him coming to Kansas. It's about um, Will Chamberlain coming incredibly, you know, he was not from that area and he came to the Midwest and the, um, the civil rights uh, work, the civil rights People wanted to use Chamberlain and to and to push him into, and of course he, you know, he just wanted to play basketball. But um, it's very hard to compare uh, Chamberlain's attitude to Michael's. Michael was the ultimate. I'm going to win this game. I am going to compete against you. You might be just as tall as me. You might be able to jump as high as me, but you aren't going to beat me. And I think that's what Michael had that that despite the fact that Wilt has certain records that Michael doesn't, uh, Michael is the, you know, look, you're a nerd. Okay. Yeah. I, again, you, I know you have no game in this. I'm telling yeah, you, I, I, Jordan, I, Jordan tops Chamberlain by any stretch for sure. Okay. Best basketball. Jordan is, is clear. Again, people want to make a case for LeBron James uh, and for others. Um, yeah, that, that, that's where it came up because it was a video of <laughs> making fun of LeBron James and the police no. officer. That yes, also Michael again, let, let us let us both <laughs> condemn LeBron for his silliness in, in in pointing out the Columbus police officer, however long he put it up on his Twitter feed, that you're next, right? You know, LeBron yeah. went through the trouble of finding a full photo image of this courageous officer. Whether he made a mistake or not, I, I, I advise my listeners to listen to our uh, podcast episode with Rabbi Bechafer on this topic, uh, the Risco de Risa episode, which is in our feed right now. But for LeBron, 
to without any investigation or just to say you're next to his yeah. 50 million people. Um, Jordan was could be blamed for not being political, but that's because all he cared for was the game that he loved that he helped change. That's the reason and that, why. And that's why he was universally loved. You know, there was never any controversy. Everybody, LeBron everybody wore his good. number. Don't you? LeBron came into the league wearing 23, which is yeah. Michael's number. Yeah. So look, Michael was no saint. Believe me, he was a gambler. And in yeah. many ways, he was he was a naive. He was not true yeah. to his wife and other things. But like Babe Ruth, he, just like Babe Ruth really is the person who, in a way, took baseball from the sandlot gritty sandlot and made it into the national sport uh michael is the person who who missed the he had he had the world in his hand and so many people wanted to be like mike and whether right. it made money for nike or not it really i think like i said i think it i think your your prison population was uh diminished and in a positive way by kids trying to be like jordan and watching this film, I think, is a way to to appreciate with warts and all. They don't deify him. I think if your daughter in Space Jam, Michael is is homogenized there. That's Michael, but that's a version of that's a Bugs Bunny version of Michael. <laughs> you want you want if you if you want to know the real, I know if she's listening, but if you want to know the real Michael, the um, the Last Dance is where to go. And yeah, we, we you mentioned Bugs Bunny, so <laughs> we were watching we were watching uh, Jack Benny just now. They had first we were watching Ed Sullivan. He had Jack Benny, and he made a joke about Pesach. Then we watched some Jack Benny show episodes, and and uh, Mel Blank comes on as a taxi driver, yes. and he said he says, uh, "Oh wait, aren't you Jack Benny?" He said, "Yeah. Oh, we went to Waukegan High School together. What are you doing now?" And he's it's on his own show, and he's like, "So then Jack Benny he cracks up. He's like, he tells Mel Blank, he's like, I'm the voice of Bugs Bunny." <laughs> and then Mel Blank says, "Oh, you gave up that that old fiddle." <laughs> it was just, it was just a perfect. <laughs> You're right. Great repartee between two wonderful Jews, just like us. I'll I'll, I'll let you be Mel Blank, and I'll be I'll be Jack Betty. All right, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was Jack's line? Um, well, <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing the Benny. I'm doing Benny's yeah. move. Well, I was telling my daughter that my my bubby, she was a nurse in Hollywood, and one of her patients was Rochester. Yes, uh, <laughs> Eddie Anderson, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, we shall see you again. And listen, take advantage if it's a nice day, Log Boomer. Get out there, and besides learning a little bit of Zohar, get out there in the sun, celebrate yeah. the, the, the making the, a halakha. I have a three-year-old boy just turned. Mazeltov, Mazeltov to the Kolakowskis. Take care, yeah. everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.